Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm excited to have the opportunity to kind of share with you tonight. Um, and it's fun because Wednesday night is, it's the eager crowd. It's the hungry crowd. It's the crowd that's like, I'm not going to settle. I want the more of heaven in my life. And so the Wednesday crowd show up. They show up and they're like, I'm not going to miss it because I'm not going to miss out. It's fun. It's fun. Anyways, I'm going to share with you guys tonight about something that God's been speaking to me about um, quite a lot lately, um, sometimes uncomfortably. But God's been speaking to me a lot lately about the weight of our words, the weight that our words carry. I want to talk tonight about the power and the potency that our words carry, the potency of the words that leap from our mouths. Now, I did some research on this recently, which was interesting. And it turns out, Pastor Matt, they've actually estimated how many words the average person speaks in their entire life. Pastor Scott, any guesses? Life. Your entire life. It's per life. Life. It, <laughs> I'm going to save you from getting yourself in trouble. 865 million, 865 million words in a lifetime. And that's just the average. There are some people <laughs> who are working pretty hard to be, I didn't point at anybody. I ju I'm just saying. In fact, the research goes actually further and it says, we figured out the average amount of words that a man speaks per day. And the average amount of words that a woman speaks per day. But fortunately for me, I'm smart enough to know that if I share that research, it's going to be a frosty conversation on the ride home. So I'm going to keep that to myself. But, but like, we as people, we can agree that we sure like to flap our gums a lot, right? Like, we're just, every single day, we're like piping off on this, and we're speaking about that all the time. And oftentimes, I actually don't think we're even necessarily aware of some of the things we're saying. Our mouths can be like a runaway train. Is it just me? Right? It's like, a, did I say that? I don't think I said that. Did I say that? In the book of James, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul begins, and he's talking about taming the tongue, and he says this. We'll jump in at verse 3. He says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets the course even in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish, watch this, it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy nearly anything. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. 
By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Let's make this a little interactive. Quick show of hands. How many of you have had your words land you in some hot water? Okay, some of you. Some of you. Some of you have had your words land you in hot water. The rest of you are working through some integrity issues. (laughs) That's a different day. Come on Sunday. (laughs) But I'll be honest. It's probably my mouth that's gotten me into more trouble than anything else, right? It's often the things that I've said actually more than the things that I've done, right? Why is no one surprised by what I just said? (laughs) I mean, sometimes... Even as the words are coming out, I'm like trying to haul them back. I'm like, cancel, abort. Like trying to get, a, like some of you in this room are like, I can see that, Rich. Yep. Um, but here's the thing. If I take a look, for example, at Corey Ross, and I say, okay, Corey Ross's biceps. And I look at those, and I'm like, I bet they can lift some weight. I bet that they can accomplish some feats. But I also bet that the weight that he can lift is in direct proportion to the size of his biceps, right? It's all going to be in proportion. But what Paul's saying here is that while the tongue is one of the smaller muscles in the body, it has a wildly disproportionate impact on our lives. It's like that old um, idiom, right? The, the, The teal wagging the dog, right? Our tongues have this outsized impact on our world. But if it's true... If it's true that our words have an outsized impact, we should probably pay attention to what we're saying, right? So we're going to get after it tonight. Are you guys with me? All right, let's jump in. So the title of my message tonight is Tongue Twisted. Tongue Twisted. And the reason for that is I believe that God has a message for each of us tonight, and that is don't get it twisted. Your words matter. Your words matter. Now here at Awaken... We believe that reading your Bible is a really good idea. In fact, I will tell you from personal experience that reading the Bible will transform your life. It will accelerate your growth. It will deepen your relationship with the heartbeat of heaven. And while I'm at it, I don't have one of them in front of me. But if you're not already in the Awaken Bible in a Year plan, get in the game. Get in the game. It is an absolute game changer. It will change your entire situation. But listen to this. Hebrews chapter 4 explains that the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Do you ever stop and wonder why it's powerful? Do you ever wonder why or how a book becomes powerful? I think the answer is in the name itself. It is the word of God. It is the words of heaven. It is the the words that God himself has spoken, and I think that's why it's powerful. You see, you and I were made in his image, and as a result, we're fashioned with the ability to speak, right? In fact, the book of Proverbs goes even further and says in chapter 18, it says, the power of death and life 
are in the tongue. You ever notice that in the garden, for example, Satan never really challenged creation. He never really went after the goodness of God. What he challenged was God's word. Did God really say? Why? Because words matter. Listen, words matter. Your words matter. My words matter. Our words have the power to heal or to hurt. Our, our words have the power to tear down or to build up, to instill confidence or instill doubt. Our words have power. Listen, we're going to jump into this, but I want you to be thinking, as we go through this tonight, I want you to be thinking about three key questions. So if you're writing notes, I encourage you to write these down. Three key questions. Number one, what words spoken over me in the past am I carrying with me in the present? What words spoken over me in the past am I still carrying with me in the present? Number two, do the words that I am speaking align with what heaven is saying? Okay? Number three, what would shift today if I decided to use my words differently? Okay? You with me? All right, let's do this. So the first point I want to share with you tonight is that words work. Words work. Like I mentioned already, some of, sometimes we're naive enough to think that our words don't matter. Sometimes we're out there just flapping our gums every day with no real thought at all in terms of the words that fall out of our faces. But I'm telling you today, the reality is this. The words that we speak in the natural do a work in the supernatural. The words we speak in the natural do a work in the supernatural. I was preparing for this message and I did some digging into this topic. And what I learned blew my mind. I don't say that lightly. I found a study by Dr. Masaru Emoto, pronunciation questionable, in which he took two jars, right, and he filled them with rice and water, and then he sealed them, and he put them on a shelf in the same room, and before he did that, he labeled one of them love and one of them hate, and for 30 days, he kept them in the same place, sealed and stored, but every day, for 30 days, he spoke to each jar. And so to the jar labeled love, he said kind things like, I love you, you are so wonderful, and I am so thankful for you. But to the second jar, the one marked hate, he said mean and kind of horrible things like, I hate you, you should die, and you're disgusting. After 30 days, you want to see the results? I love you, I hate you. That's wild. It's the same rights. Wild. Then, the same thing has since been done with a single apple. So you can't be like, well, this was just old, crusty rice, and this was like, or this was old and crusty, and this was the brand new stuff. They took the same apple, and they split it right down the middle, and they did the exact same thing 30 days. 30 days. Isn't that incredible? The sheer difference that our words can make. Church, it's essential that we recognize the weight that our words carry, the, the power that is held in the things that we say. The words that we speak in the natural work, they do a work in the supernatural. Let me ask you this. Any parents of young children in the room, any, 
Okay, now keep your hand up if you've ever been really frustrated with them. I don't, I think extra hands went up. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> but like, I've never been frustrated with my kids. I'm just talking to you and your kids. But right, there are days, right, Pastor Amy? There are days where you're like, kids, what did you think would happen? How did you make that mess? That fast? Like, I, could you just get your pajamas on like we asked you? Like, it's, they're frustrating. But our words work. And so it's for that reason that Ruth and I, even in the midst of discipline, were very, very intentional never to align a behavior to an identity. A behavior to an identity. So, so for example... We'll say, hey, that was a mean thing to say to your sister. But we will not say, why are you so mean? We will say things like, hey, you told a lie to me this morning. We will never say you're a liar. Right? Why? Because our words matter. Does that make sense? You all tracking with me? Parenting tips for free. Anyway, I digress. Back to the experiment. You want to see something really wild? Like I said, it blew my mind. The same rice experiment, right, was later conducted with the third, third jar. But the third jar, for 30 days, was completely ignored. They didn't speak to it at all. Let's take a look at the results. That is wild. So what we're seeing is that it's not just the things that we say. Sometimes there's a power in the things that we leave unspoken. I mean, even from a practical perspective, I'm going to be honest with you. How many times have I thought something really, really cool about someone, but never actually went out of my way to say it? Right? I mean, it's embarrassing. But how many times have I thought to myself, man, I have married the most incredible woman. Ah, But not actually bothered to say it, right? Like, if I'm honest with myself, am I the only one, man? Like, <laughs> wow. Pastor Scott is a better husband. But if I'm honest with myself, I fully recognize that I've got some apologizing to do for words I've left unspoken. It's humbling. Let's keep rolling before I get carried away. So we're beginning to see that words work, but before we move on, I want to look at creation in Genesis and draw out something that God was showing me at the beginning of the year. Hashtag awaken Bible in a year. Chapter one, in the beginning God created the, oh, we're going to go real fast, so don't even worry about the, the verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We'll skip to verse three. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse six, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Nine. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. Verse 11. Then God, let the earth bring forth grass. 14. Then God, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens. Verse 20. Then God, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man 
in our image. What's the point? The point is that it was with spoken words that God created everything. Then he had the audacity to make you and I in his image. So therefore, our words have the power to create too. But Rich, what does that mean? It was with his words that God created the entire world. And it's with our words that we create the world that we choose and get to live in. Church, I want want you to see something slightly differently. I want you to see that the words that we're saying today are the seeds that we're sowing to create the tomorrow that we're going to live in. All right, so if we're going to resign ourselves to speak differently, it starts with understanding that our words work. All right, the second point I want to share with you tonight is that words wound. Words wound. Now, there's an expression that many of us have heard, sticks and stones make broken bones, but words, no, 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 words will certainly wound. That is a lie. Words will certainly wound. I'm going to be honest with you. I have spoken words that have wounded people. And it continues to be a journey, right? In fact, there was a time where I was actually proud of my ability to eviscerate people. (laughs) To make them feel like this big. To cut them down to size. And it hurt my relationships. You see, the words themselves might be free, but it's how we use them. That costs us, amen? The truth is, if it weren't for community and connection and an incredible pastor here at Awaken several years ago, I probably wouldn't even realize what I was doing. That's the benefit of doing life in in kingdom community with people, in connect groups with people, people that care enough to help you see your blind spots. Let's be real. They wouldn't be called blind spots if you could see them. So you need someone else to help you see the blind spots. Now hear me on this though, I'll say this too. There's a difference between speaking the truth in love and loving to speak the truth. There's a difference between speaking the truth in love and loving to speak the truth. Let's be a people that, that, that surround ourselves with others that help us see our blind spots and speak to them in Love, but I grew up in a I grew up in a culture that was like dripping in sarcasm. You might know this. I'm not from here, and I I grew up in this culture that was loaded <laughs> for Tyson's benefit. I'm also not from Canada. <laughs> but I grew up in this culture dripping with sarcasm, right? Loaded with verbal jabs. Those were just like communication tools of the trade. In fact, it was so bad that when I met Ruth in America, this is a true story, I, uh, I was trying to date her, obviously, when she called me out on it. And it was really awkward because she realized that I was being rude and obnoxious. And she called me out on it, and she was right. And then I began to laugh. And it got worse. <laughs> and I ended up... <laughs> I ended up having to apologize. I'm like, I'm really sorry, babe. I didn't, I didn't mean to kind of rip you apart. I was kind of trying to flirt. <laughs> I didn't mean to roast you. 
So I mentioned earlier, oh my gosh, stay back on track. The book of Proverbs tells us that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And if we're honest, I think we'd all admit, right, that all of us have felt that sting at some point, right? In fact, some of us, life and death in the tongue, some of us still carry that death around in the form of the words that have been spoken. You're fat. You're ugly. You're such a failure. Why would anyone love you? You'll never unwind to anything. You're disgusting. You're such a joke. I think we've all felt the wounds that words can cause, like arrows, arrows fired in our direction, arrows that hit their mark. All of us have suffered wounds of words spoken over us, perhaps by a parent, perhaps by a friend or a teacher, or even someone at church. Um, I think sometimes that's why we take ourselves out of community. Sometimes that's why we isolate. That's why we take ourselves out of connect group. You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. We do life better when we do life together. Isolated is precisely where the enemy wants you located. Instead, let's be a people that resist the urge to pull away from community. Let's be a people that lean into the healing process that God has for us. So we understand that words wound, but I want to take this in a slightly different direction. Let me ask you this. What have your own words brought you into agreement with? How aware are you of the words that you say to yourself? You see, sometimes our words will bring us into agreement with things that we have no business being in agreement with, right? Sometimes our mouths will have us believing things we're saying instead of the things that heaven is saying. I've always been this way. Oh, I'm just so clumsy. I'm a bad mom. Oh, I'm just stupid. Silly me. I can't do it. Something's wrong with me. Any of that sound familiar? I think we've all done it, right? I know that I have. Yet, has it ever occurred to us that sometimes how we speak to ourselves could leave God heartbroken as a good father. Like just as a simple example, because I, I like to make this real to myself, so I make it my world, and I say, well, how would I feel as a dad if I overheard my beautiful daughter in the mirror saying she was ugly? Oh. Or if I heard my, my incredible five-year-old say she was stupid, We're going to open up ministry time shortly, but I believe that there are people in the room tonight that need to break agreements with lies that have been spoken over them. I think there are people in the room tonight that need to forgive themselves and other people. And I also believe that there are people in the room tonight in need of healing for the wounds that words have caused. But I want to encourage you tonight, listen, no matter what words 
have wounded you, no matter what lies have been spoken over you, no matter what you have chosen to come into agreement with, our God speaks an entirely different word over you. The Bible makes it crazy clear that our God is for you, that he cares about you, that he believes in you, that he's working through all things, all things, all things for your good, that he is on your side. No matter what it is you've believed, no matter what it is that you've bought into, our God is on your side. He thinks you're worth dying for. Luke chapter 6 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So out of the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. So words reflect the heart. It only stands to reason then that the word of God actually speaks to the overflow of his heart for you and for me, right? Okay, so the final point I want to share with you tonight is this. Words weaponize. Words weaponize. You see, my third point, Corey Ross, is actually not that much different to my second point. Words are arrows that we aim at a target But the difference here is that instead of taking aim at the people around us or at ourselves, we choose instead to take aim at powers and principalities. That when we use words to weaponize our lives and the lives of the people around us, church, we need to recognize that in as much as there is death in the power of the tongue, there is also life. If we choose to use it, there's life. If we choose to use it right, some of us need to stop talking about how big our problem is and start telling our problem how big our God is. Instead, let's be a people that tell the mountain to move instead of telling our friends about the mountain. Let's be a people that use our words to take aim at the right things. Luke 10, 19 says this. It says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, everybody say all, all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus wasn't kidding around. He gave us all authority. That means that when we speak, the darkness flees. It means that when we speak, atmospheres begin to shift. It means when we speak, circumstances start to change. And I want you to see tonight that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. It's for that reason that I teach my kids to declare that I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above, I'm not beneath. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because I want my kids to grow up knowing that the word of God in their mouths, age five, age seven, is just as powerful as the word of God in his mouth. Church, our mouths are like like loaded guns. But I think, don't you think, it's time we, we rack a magazine full of faith and start taking aim at the right things. Start taking aim 
at the assignments of the enemy. I want us to see our words as weapons, but I also want us to see our words as tools with which we equip the people that we're doing life with, that build up. Let me ask it this way. Are our words injecting hope and faith into the people around us? Are we speaking life when we open our mouths? Are we going out of our way to encourage? Are we taking, making the effort to say the thing? Right? Remember, the word encouragement simply means to put courage in. To put courage in, to spur someone toward what they were made for. Remember, Jesus didn't call people out. He called them up. I want to be that. I'm telling you right now, I may not be all the way there yet, but that's what I want to be. That's what I want to carry. That's, the, that's what I want my words to carry when I speak to Eric Contreras, when I speak to Corey Ross, when I speak to Ruben. That's what I want my words to carry. I want, I want my words not to tear down, but to build up the people around me. I want my words to tear down the assignments of the enemy over the people around me. John 10.10 tells us this. It says that the enemy seeks to kill and steal and destroy. How many of you know that he'll gladly use our words to do it? Let's be a church that chooses instead to build up the people around us. Let's be a church that chooses instead to use our words to weaponize. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand on our feet? We're going to bring this thing into land. I want to speak tonight to two groups of people. If we want to live fully alive, fully free in all that he has for us, all that he's done and all that he's won for us, it all starts with getting our hearts right with Jesus. And so if you're here tonight and you don't know what it is to walk out that life of faith with Jesus, or perhaps you did, perhaps you once made a commitment, but if you're honest, you understand that you've kind of wandered from that that decision. If that's you tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if that's you, between you and Jesus, I want to encourage you to raise a hand on the count of three just so I know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. All across this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. And today I repent. And I turn my life to you. To live for you. All the days of my life. I invite you into my heart. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you that you see me. That you know me. And that you love me. And from this day forward. You have my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's give these beautiful people a round of applause. Listen, if you raised your hand, or if you didn't, but you made that decision 
to commit or recommit your life, I want to encourage you. you got my good friend Cynthia over here. Come meet our team afterwards. They want, to, they want to meet with you. They want to get some resources to you and simply help you with your next steps. But we're not done yet. I just want to wrap up with a second group of people, those that might be recognizing today that they've been living under the weight of words that were spoken over them, words they didn't deserve. I mentioned before, I think there are people in the room that are in need of healing from the wounds that words cause. People that need to break agreement with lies that they've actually come under. People that need to forgive themselves and and some others that need to forgive other people. But tonight's an opportunity, it's an invitation to live free. I, I I don't want us to leave here the same way that we came in. I know I don't. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you fall into any of those categories, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste any time. All across this room, just raise a hand so that I know who I'm with. Thank you, Jesus. All across this room. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.